welcome to Desiring Brethren Podcast. We have back by popular demand of me. <laughs> we have we have Tom McPherson back. Hey, what's up? Tom. <laughs> Polarizing figure on the Desiring Brethren Podcast. We needed to bring our views up some more, so we just grabbed someone who stirs up the conversation. Has strong opinions. Tom, uh, you were on for the episode with Brandon, right? Yeah. yeah. Brandon talked about his faith journey, and you kind of interjected at the end with your response to our dating in Bible college episode. <laughs> response. Yes. Let, uh, okay, I bet I could quote that whole rant. I've listened to it so many times. <laughs> dating is like walking... <laughs> On hot sand. <laughs> and I want to say lava, but lava would burn you up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Man, oh. so funny. So yeah, we had a lot of response actually from that. We had people being like, Tom is crazy. <laughs> and that is so wrong. And like, do not express those views in public. <laughs> and then we had some people being like, yes, right on. That's it. That's it. Somebody said the truth. Yeah. Very polarizing. So oh, we're expecting man. a lot from you, Tom. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm crazy. All of the youth group kids will attest. Nice. It's great to have you back on, Tom. Thanks for having me. It was more important to me to have Tom back on than what topic we should do. So first I was like, let's get Tom on. Then right. let's yeah, come yeah, up yeah. with a topic. Totally. No, that's right. That's right. I mean, that's not the way it went. But I was thinking about what can Tom talk about? And Tom is one of the people out there that I know is even more passionate about music than I am. And I consider myself very passionate about music. But not a musician. But not a musician, don't worry. But Tom <laughs> like, Tom takes it to another level. Yep. Yeah, I certainly do. And so, uh, yeah, we're just going to have a conversation about music. Hopefully it means something. And that's the reason why we kicked Jack off, yeah. so that I could have more time with the mic. <laughs> My views on music need to be heard. Jack wouldn't say anything about music. The, the, no, no. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't understand it, really. Right. The last time we him, talked him, him. about music, wasn't it like me and you at like some burger place, and you told me that Jackson thought that Justin Bieber didn't have any talent. Yes, that's right. And then I like, right. texted him and said, you're stupid. <laughs> that great fight over Justin Bieber's talent that Jackson and I had spilled over into Tom. <laughs> into real life. <laughs> Tom defended me valiantly. Tom getting angry at Jackson. Which is why he can't be in the same room with Jackson. It's, it's actually <laughs> yes. in Jackson's contract. That he will not be in the same room as Tom. So that is why he's not here today. I said some things I regret, you know. <laughs> I have a memory drilled in my brain of when I was at Tom's house years ago, and I will possess Tom's your heart <laughs> by uh, Death Cab just came out, mm. and we listened to it for like the first time ever, and we were both just in awe of it. I think Tom was like standing up on his couch with like his hands on his head. <laughs> we were like, "This is so great." That yeah. bass. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. Like that was one of the most satisfying <laughs> moments. Like you think about like. You, you always have these bands where you have an album and you're like, they can never do better than this. Like One Republic or like, you know, these bands that have these incredible albums and you think they can never do something even close to this. And then when a band delivers a completely new, fresh song that makes you feel like you're listening to them all over again for the first mm -hmm. time, it's so satisfying. And I had that exact same experience like a year ago with um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
They released an album like a year ago, and they had this song called oh. Dark Necessities. Wow, I got, got chills. Dark Necessities. <laughs> I don't think that's quite no, no. If you haven't heard the song, it is exactly what you'd imagine Red Hot Chili Peppers are. And like it has like this sick, sick buildup. And it's just out of control. And I went back and listened to it like yesterday. Because I was like, man, what does that feel like again? Because music just, mm-hmm. man, it can really speak to you. Yeah. Tanner, do you, do you, do you <laughs> give, give us an example of a song that has just like hit you? Mm, let me tell you. Consider This by Tom McPherson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, man, that's the one with the fake audience. Like you're playing a live show, but yes. it's obviously canned it's just garage like band keyboard. clips. <laughs> They're like, boo, yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, that's. I can't even like, remember how that song goes. That was so long. Oh, I could probably sing the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I got an album from Tom when I was in high school. So good. I don't know. There's a bunch of songs. I mean, like, I don't know a lot about music. I'm not going to have a lot of input this episode. Except for hilarious goofs, but <laughs> I definitely had songs that when I was going through things, I just listened to over and over and over. What do you guys? Let's yeah. let's start super broad and super general, like I always is, do. Is topic <laughs> just music, by the way. Is it music? It's music. That's the topic. Okay, but we're, we're gonna get if, so if you music thirty minutes or less. We got we're gonna Sorry, get joking. somewhere. Here we okay? go. You can trust us, listeners. We wouldn't just talk about music. We're going to talk about music. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. What is music doing to us when we're listening to it? What is it about it that we love? Part of it definitely has to do with tempo. I think that's really interesting. I watched a video on um, Bruno Mars and how he writes songs. And he sort of, it's a callback to like funk music. And it's a very specific like BPM. If you talk about dance music nowadays, it's always 128 BPM. And that's just like, your heart rate when you're jumping up and down and it's really easy to uh whereas funk music i think is a little slower and it's a lot easier to dance to and to move to and i think so there's something to do with the tempo how it makes us feel mm-hmm. i just like the way that i feel about music is it it's like music is reaching down and touching a raw nerve of something in my heart and it's like pure emotion it's like this is at the core I want music. I'm not to sure m- that ambulance is actually moving. <laughs> I think it's just outside the house right there. <laughs> or an NWA's about songs about to play. <laughs> Which <is> boss? <laughs> and go. Like I want music to move me. I want yes. it to excite me, or I want to make it make me want to cry. Like it has to. It has to touch the heart or the soul or something. And I just, when I listen to music that I love, it's, it's like, yes. Yeah. It makes you, you know? feel something. Obviously it's like this, it's a mystery. And that's why it's so wonderful is it, it, it connects with us in, in ways we don't really understand. But you guys are like celebrating music's ability to like manipulate us <laughs> and yes. like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I'm going to stop you there, bud. It's like a bad thing, man. Is it? It's like a bad thing. Why is it bad? That's like what Hitler used. (laughs) (laughs) Go straight to Hitler. (laughs) You don't want to be like Hitler, do you? Okay, but like, I remember reading Augustine's Confessions. Great book. Everyone pick it up. But he's got this like real skepticism towards like music and plays and like anything that like 
heightens your emotions in a non-real way. Do you know what I mean? Like it can produce feelings of anger, but you actually don't have anything to be angry about. It can actually affect us in ways that like it drives us to do things. It drives us to act differently. Tom, what would you say to that? Oh, it's so interesting because music's used for such like diverse purposes. So we talk about like music and films. We talk about music um, just as like a listening experience or like a show we go to. Yeah. So, so the purpose of music is kind of an interesting discussion and, Kind of, I don't know, I I think I would say, the first time I'll listen to a pop song, I'll almost always hate it. Like, I don't know, what's like a new song that I hate, but I actually love? I'm thinking of a specific song, it's with Chainsmokers and... Coldplay. Coldplay. And the first time I heard this song, I was like, oh my, this is so so stupid. It's a great song. So dumb. Give us a a line for people Um, who are like, uh, I might have heard it on the radio. It's about superheroes, it's like... Been yeah. reading books of old. Yes, the legends and the myths, the testaments they told. <laughs> Anyways, it's super cheesy and it's super annoying. I hate superheroes, as Dave knows. Oh, such a great Ooh. song. And so everything about this song, I hate. It's like the lyrics are rubbish. Okay, I don't hate Coldplay, but you know, I just think it's like cheesy <laughs> pop garbage. And so I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't like it, and whatever. But the, the thing with the radio is that. Every time you're in the car, you're going to hear the same songs over and over again. And so, so the second time you hear it, maybe you start, maybe I, I started grabbing onto the hook part where it's just like instrumental and synths and I'm an electronic music kind of guy. So I, I started digging and I'm like, yeah, Chainsmokers, okay. I hate the lyrics. I hate the lyrics. I hate everything about the Coldplay. It's horrible. And then about a week or two later, I, I'm YouTubing the song to listen to it because yep. I can't get enough. Yep. And I think this is sort of a just a, a, a pattern that peop, that everyone could connect to. Is this like, oh, that song is not good. But there's something that the, the more you listen to it, the more you understand the song as an entire piece of music. And you see how, how the musicians work together and they put the lyrics and the melodies this way. And it's like, yeah. But because it's playing on your emotions, it can get you to believe and accept certain ideas that you would not rationally. Mm. Like, if you said what most pop songs say, like like Blurred Lines or something like that, if you just, like, proposed it to someone, they would be like, that is bad. I do not accept that thing. But if it's in a song, it's like, you know you want it. And it's like, and they were like, cool with it. And it's like, we could play this in the club and we could feel good about, like, our clearly crossing the line behavior because it's in song. I don't think that the songs are man- are creating those feelings the songs connect with us because we already have those feelings like the song connects with you because you're like that's me i get that i feel that it fits perfectly with our emotions yes but like it fits perfectly with our darker emotions as well Mm. yeah but don't (laughs) you think that that's okay but it sounds like both of you guys are like very absolutist like the manipulation that music can do is like a good Oh, it can it's be just, bad. It's just like, well, like, how do you discern whether, like, I'm not going to let that music manipulate me into that emotion because I don't find that emotion helpful? Or is it just like, well, if it connects with something inside me? Because we got lots of rotten stuff inside us. It's not about... Here, I'll, I'll answer that in a roundabout way. And then if I don't answer it, you can make me answer it. So this leads into what I was thinking about, about as a Christian, what do we think about diving into songs that are all about pain and emptiness and fear 
and struggle. Bad stuff. Bitterness. No. Bad stuff? Is that bad? That's what, that's what I wonder. I, I think that there's... T- I want to I wanna use an example of two different ways to do it. One way... Two different roads, you would say. Yeah. One broad and wide. <laughs> exactly. That most people are taking. <laughs> where they're like, sweet bitterness, I feel it. What's the other road? Look, <laughs> there's this stigma attached to Christians who like bands that are depressing, that are dark, that are angry. Tom, do you agree? Ah, uh, yes. I think so. Sometimes I feel like it's attached to a mentality of, well, look, you're a North American. You shouldn't even really be happy. Like, there's people who have way worse troubles. And like, what are you doing so depressed? Or, or something like that. I don't know if that's part of it or, or if it's, well, Jesus is supposed to make everything better or don't focus on the on that stuff. But it's like there's a way of being real with what you are going through that isn't glorifying it, that it's in like a lament. It's in like a, man, this is what I'm going through and it sucks. But it's not saying, it's it's not promoting it. It's just saying this is what it is. And that, I think the perfect example of that is Linkin Park's first album. This what, is what you sent. I watched this. Meteor, Meteorola. Or Meteor, he sent a whole the, album? Meteorola. No, he sent a single song. Okay. That album is full of the struggle and the pain and just like the feeling dead inside and the feeling not able to overcome it. But it's all lament. It's all, it's, it is all pointing to this isn't, the, this isn't what we want. It's just what is. And the counterexample is Neverending White Lights, which is very depressing, but it seems to want to just keep you there. It's, it seems to just want to be like, let's just be depressed about how life sucks. <laughs> and I think that there is a very big difference between the two. Wait, one's good and one's bad, you're saying? Yeah. What is this puritanical way of discerning <laughs> music? Are you going to fight that distinction? I don't think I need to fight it. I think it's sort of interesting... There's, there's like this weird line where it's like, okay, so what is the point of this person? Why are they saying this? Like, you know, like David in the Psalms will be like, you know, I'm in this pit of despair and life's horrible and I want to die. But then I like look up and I realize that, you know, there's something more to this horrible life. And you think of like, okay, so David sort of acknowledges this horrible pain and like running for his life from Saul and stuff. And he sort of acknowledges this horribleness but he sees uh, the hope that he has in god and i'm um, so so it's kind of interesting so what is the purpose of this, this these depressing songs is it be is it to keep you there and to sort of be like become nihilist almost i don't i don't know is it just like a stage like there's a stage of like a breakup where all you want to listen to is like miserable love songs is that like getting you well no but it's like a stage where you're just like totally miserable. And then there's another stage where you need songs to like have a turn at the end that like start leading you out of it. But like to be like, well, the one stage is bad and one stage is good. Like, is that helpful? But don't you or think that just... all of it is, it's a way of processing how you feel because we, we push everything down. We push everything as far down as we can, but with music, it brings it back up. There's realness. There's truth to just being like, Life is a battle sometimes. Why does love have to be such a battlefield? 
Exactly. Battlefield. <laughs> Battlefield. You get it. I get it. <laughs> I don't know. That's where I'm at with music. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. That's the. That's how we. Does listening to a bunch of songs with shallow emotions make you shallow? Like, if you give yourself a steady diet of pop hits, will that actually like corrode your inner depth <laughs> and emotionality? Because like, okay, I'm talking to Tom right now. Pop music, Tom. He is, is a top to 40 maniac music? in a way. And <laughs> I know way too much. Yeah, no. Defend it. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's so it's amazing shallow. Because I think maybe I'm just the progression, like just a representation of the next step of musicians where there's no such thing as selling out anymore. Like selling out was such a big thing. That's what sellouts say. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's something I don't care about. Like I think we're seeing it. We're seeing it on YouTube. Like a lot of YouTube stars will start getting brand deals and they'll be totally open about it and they'll love it. And it's not like people hate <laughs> them for doing it. It's just acknowledged that this is amazing. Oh, and we're you're hurting me, Tom. <laughs> um, so, anyways, would you sell out? Like, what do you mean by sell? Out? <laughs> oh, now it's a bad thing. What do you mean? So, like, they say, like, okay, we'll give you a, some heartfelt song to oh, Stephanie. I see, I see, I see. I and see. then they're like, we're gonna use this to sell Pepsi to like the young people. Would ah. you be like, yeah, give me that sweet, sweet, sweet Pepsi doll, sweet Pepsi doll? Oh no, I hate Pepsi. Coca-Cola, please. Sorry. Let's sell out. Absolutely, absolutely. It's <laughs> it's it's a total non-issue, and I think when people uh, sort of bash pop music, I think they have no idea the kind of manpower and amount of people it goes into make a pop song compared to your indie rock and roll song but but the, the amazing thing about pop music is it's is it is always evolving so it's kind of like a moving target and that's what i think is so incredible about max martin who is uh he produced i think one of the first or i think all of the backstreet boys albums so this is when we were I'm listening now. <laughs> little little yeah. boys. Yeah. 2000 or something. The millennial. Like, oh, and before. Yeah. Um, I think he produced a lot of the boy bands. Then you follow his like dis- discography. And you realize he's written so many pop songs. It's disgusting. Um, so we're talking about Katy Perry. We're talking about Justin Bieber. We're talking about Nicki Minaj. We're talking about all of these huge artists are all hiring <laughs> uh, this one guy in this one studio to make his songs. And that's because pop music is a certain thing, and some people are unbelievably talented at making it. Some people are incredible at making fast food addictive to everybody. Honestly, more it, more food engineering goes into Cheetos because there's like scientifically figured out how to make you eat lots of calories and trick your brain into thinking you're not eating calories. Like that is what fast food scientists do. I think that's what pop music people do. They're like, we know exactly how to make a hook that everyone will love and make a gajillion dollars. I don't think that's like a great thing. But okay, we talked about songs that make you sad. Pop music is primarily about like, yeah, you turn it on, it's got that hook, you start tapping your foot, you mm-hmm. get that smile, you're like, skip through a field. I don't know what you want to do, but is deriving joy from our favorite upbeat songs cheapening joy? Is it a shortcut that's cutting something out? What pop music is. Well, I had you to go defend to... it more if you want. No, I'm tr- I, I actually don't think I have a good argument. I actually haven't thought about this in a while. But so music I is so subjective. I, have... I don't think... 
I, yeah, I, I'm just not prepared for <laughs> this, like, this like, argument. I don't like top 40 music primarily, but I mean, music is so subjective. If, if you love and if it puts a smile on your face when that pop song comes on. When, but when it's not s- subjective if people are manipulating you to like food tastes are subjective. But the reality is that people are like designing Cheetos to get everyone addicted. They're using my body's evolution against me, man. I think pop music is manipulating me to love Taylor Swift, and I know that her feuds are fake. <laughs> right, Tom? <laughs> I don't follow their lives. <laughs> I, follow, I follow their music. When you turn on your favorite song, and it hits you again, and you're just like, yes. Isn't that, isn't that a way that you're just... Isn't that a good method of reminding yourself... You don't have to wallow in a rut. Hey, everything's not so bad. You can be happy. I think what we want to talk about with pop music is the result of pop music and what is, what's its result on people. Like, you look at, like, youth kids, and they all freaking love pop music. And you think, this is something that... Did you say youth kids? Youth kids. <laughs> youth, <laughs> the youth, oh, youth oh, kids. I thought you were trying to describe, like, the new generation. <laughs> like, the Nintendo Xboxers. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean anything. Okay. Um, sorry. So you just look at youth listening to pop music and 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 see the see see the effect on them they'll they'll be moving they'll be laughing they'll be they'll be dancing and i think that's an incredible thing uh, and i, I don't want to say it's joy because joy is something reserved specifically that comes from god but but happiness and the uh, the sort of emotions of you know dopamine or whatever i think that's a great thing that that music can produce it's not earned though like sure it, it, it's 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 like the whole instant gratification versus delayed gratification. You're learning that every time that I turn on the radio, I can get a little dopamine hit. I don't actually need to like go through life and experience all these things. I could just mm, yeah, mm, but that's feels with a good, smile. feels good. But, and then you could doll yourself with that, and people do for their whole lives without like uh, I have a thought about death. Mm, quick, put on the pop music. Mm, mm, I got past that thought. That was mm-hmm. great. You'd never have to think about anything deep in your life. Don't you think that music, melody, and harmony, and rhythm, as things that God created, to find, we're finding pleasure in something that he created for us to connect with us. Like, don't you just think that's good? Well, you can make the same argument about Cheetos, though. It's evolution. God created us to love that and to eat too many calories in that way. They're, it's still being exploited because it's not being used for the ultimate good. It's being used in a framework that's actually corroding. But us. you're using everything so. I mean, I to- I'll get off total, the Cheetos thing. Like, like when you're when something happens, like a friend, a loved one dies. Turning on your favorite song isn't going to make it all better, and it isn't going to make you stop thinking about everything that comes along with that but it it's part of a process and it's part of something that helps you i think like with grief and stuff it takes time and it's just this sort of you know when i when i was dealing with my parents divorce it it just took six months a year for that process to me feeling like myself again part of that process is you need to smile again you know you, you need to feel good about things sometimes and sometimes you know i i would say music is one of the healthiest ways to do that that's actually a very good example and i mean i hope 
people aren't hearing that like happy songs or like vapid songs have no place in our lives. I don't think our culture is using them very well. I think we love vapid things. We love binging on shows. We love pop music. We love fast food. These are all symptoms of us oh, but they're loving very- the non-real because it's easier. It You don't have to work to digest it at all. Yeah, but you can't compare something like fast food uh, and pop music and uh, – what was your other example? Binging. Bin- binging. Because – uh, if you look at the effects of like fast food, uh, they're quite bad. If you look at the effects of binge watching television um, for twelve hours at a time, I've been there. <laughs> you I, know, lo- we, I love being we've there. We've been there a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, watching <laughs> Die Hard movies, all and the them. effects of that are super bad. Yeah, super well, bad. Clear. And they can... are just as bad as well. fast food on your own. <laughs> well, and I'm saying music is is not comparable to those. I think pop music is just as corrosive on your soul. I man. don't think I don't think it is and I don't think there are there are examples of that. I want to say two things. First, when we go back to this well of tragedy and we whenever you're on the outside, you can come up with the good this is what they should be doing. This is these are the steps that they should be taking. <laughs> this is the, like that's unhealthy. This is healthy. They need to go through this 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 totally, and this. They totally, need to stay right. with we're never going to do that. We're humans, and we're going to take the long, sloppy road through the mud. It's part of just what is. I think I agree with that, and I shouldn't apply what I'm saying to tragedy, because it is very complex how you get over tragedy, and mm-hmm. anybody's timeline is wrong if you, <laughs> they put a timeline. In. I think I'm talking about the general ethos, mm-hmm. not people in, tra- yeah. in crisis, yeah. but pop culture and the second point is music even pop music even that garbage pop once music gets into you it stops being just the music and it starts being attached to memories to experiences and when you're listening to it you're not just drawing on a melody that makes you tap your foot you're drawing on good times you had like there's more to it than simply just Oh, this is catchy. I I love this. La la la. You know, I I think there is something deeper than that. We imbue our, yeah. our memories and our yep. sort of emotions with that. Mm-hmm. Let's get into lyrics. I'll just state my opinion right off the bat. I Uh-oh. don't I don't think we can or should ever separate lyrics and melody and the music. Music is the bridge. It's the gateway. Because I don't care how fantastic your lyrics are. They can be the greatest lyrics of all time, but if that music doesn't hit the, 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 the notes in me, then I'd way rather hear that lyrics in a poem or in a devotion or a sermonette or something. Music is its own medium that needs to... Mm-hmm. The music needs to transfer that, those lyrics to us. Yeah, I don't like when people are just concerned about lyrics. Okay, so you're the perfectly balanced man. Yeah, now of relative to his standard, <laughs> I think Tom, you would fall more on the melody or the. I'm trying to think about musical because I'm like, okay, so I think about music without lyrics, and I think, okay, so if you're just listening to like a symphony, that that can affect you in the same way that. That music with lyrics can. In the case of uh, movie scores, yeah. um, all the time, you'll be like watching Batman or something, and then, like, oh, the start of The Dark Knight is one of the most musical moments 
you can ever experience. It's razor blades on violin strings. And you hear this terrifying noise. It transmits emotion better than any words could ever do. And it's mm-hmm. amazing. And I think that's so interesting that that simply just the music, the melody, the rhythm, um, it all translates so well. So when we talk about lyrics and sort of trying to separate them from the the song it's it's really difficult because i think good arrangements and melodies are always playing with the lyrics in the same way that uh, that a music score will play with the video that you're watching mm-hmm. is are lyrics and songs that don't proclaim god even in even not necessarily explicitly but they're they're clearly pro- like pushing forth god are they inherently less good than songs that are just about road trip into california are they inherently more good or less good le- or are they inherently more good than those songs about just good times or just love or just fill in the blank mm. yep I love this. I don't this goes know. back to our like know, the talk about like intention almost. Because I, I love thinking about this. It's like, okay, so who's writing this song? Are they a Christian? Are they not? Does that matter at all? I don't think it does, right? Does that imply that a song is better because a Christian wrote it? And I think absolutely not. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I keep coming back to the idea that God is incredibly interested in the little things in life. He's incredibly interested in... Whoa, really? In... <laughs> Wait a second. What's, what's the opposite position? God cares about little things? I think... And I No, he should. That's crazy. And I go back to... Like, when I start speculating about what can I think about God, but just by the fact that music exists, music is about creativity and emotion. And if he's the one who created melody, harmony, rhythm... There has to be, he has to be all about emotion and, and creativity. And there's just some, like, a, a beautiful love song. Isn't that good? Isn't that, isn't that good? I think music inherently is good. Is that a weird thing to say? Oh, I, I'd meet you there. But. Music. <laughs> uh, you guys are forgetting Hitler, but like, keep going, keep going. No, I think when we... Is there are there people that don't like music? Yes. Is that exist? No, no, not me. Fraser, my brother-in-law, <laughs> hates music. Okay, I'll say almost universally like that humans can enjoy music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we could find music that he likes. Like, I don't think mu- so. Legitimately, I do not think he likes music. I've yeah, tested it. <laughs> He's abnormal. <laughs> He's abnormal. <laughs> But yeah, I think music inherently hits at some deeper truth that God intended. Hmm. And so I think from that, it is inherently good. And I'd say um, something like art, something uh, like those, those are inherently good human expressions. They can be used for great bad things, as Tanner likes to point out. But I'd say fundamentally, music and, and the like is something good. Yeah. I agree with you probably that music is just inherently good. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. But within music, like once you get into like the range of music, I like Dave's assessment of like the good. I mean, there's a classic Christian formulation that's the true, the good, the beautiful. And anything that conforms to the true, the good, the beautiful 
is inherently good in itself. So if, if a Muslim, if an atheist, if a whatever created something that's true, good, and beautiful, it is true, good, and beautiful. It doesn't have to be Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have access to some aspect of God as being made in the image of God, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I don't really think Christians particularly make better music or that like if you mention God in a song it's superior to not mentioning God on the other hand Regent's got this thing that they've been teaching me and I've been fighting Dave (laughs) I've been fighting the institution but their big thing is like Christianity needs to have some proof within it that like doing things Christianly leads to better results Like, it has to have some sort of objective thing. So, like, a Christian who's a scientist should somehow make better science Hmm. because their worldview conforms closer to what the world actually is. And so, they made us read about, like, how modern science is actually a product of Christian assumptions versus Greek assumptions about matter and examination of matter. So, like, their argument is, like, modern science has been a Christian endeavor And that's proof of Christianity in some way. So I think that would kind of, there's maybe a way of thinking about Christianity that you would say, if Christianity is true, then it would make better music because it would have a closer understanding of what is true, good, and beautiful in the universe. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I don't know I don't, how, I don't agree. I've been pushing back at it all year because, yeah. like, I don't see it I, I don't in reality. It. But, like, I think it's interesting, this idea that, like, okay, if Christianity does conform to the universe better and how God intended things, then it should be able to do better. So, uh, does that apply to music? I, I don't like the implications of... It, it comes from an implication of, like... God hasn't blessed non-Christians with talent. No, no, that's why like, I started with no, the true, like, the good, the beautiful is What I'm saying is when you're writing a song and you're not wanting to separate lyrics and music, and I, uh, there's, I mean, you get into some pretty deep theology, when you, but I, I really push back that non-Christians experience a lot of the same things we do. Of course. They, they come with their own unique talents and gifts from God. Right, but I'm not talking about a specific non-Christian versus a specific Christian. I'm saying the argument is generally uh. the Christian <laughs> philosophy way of looking at the world, worldview, meta-narrative, will conform better to reality and therefore create better things. Because if it doesn't, if you don't agree with it, then it's like, okay, then how could you possibly assess whether the Christian ethic is better in any way I think I that's the hard part with it i think i hate that <laughs> so much <laughs> Ooh. i hate myself for saying it i hate so much i hate it so much okay this okay tom rant okay Chris, uh, okay what this Dave's was trying goal. to activate the whole time the whole episode was to get to a tom rant <laughs> <laughs> our work is done there is nothing worse than okay sorry i don't want to be over dramatic no, no, that's a Tom. Right? <laughs> no, Tom. Tom, I hate when people need to. Oh, just what you said about modern science being a Christian endeavor. There is something, some weird thing that I don't know. Maybe it's 
in somewhere in academic Christianity. I don't understand it, but they <laughs> have to explain everything. I think maybe that's the best way of put it. Explain everything as if they understand God's, you know, how God works. And I mm-hmm. think there's so much room for mystery and for, I, I think it's wildly arrogant to make the claim that because we have a Christian worldview, we're going to produce better works. I think it's wildly arrogant. At the same time, I hate myself for saying it. I think it might be true. <laughs> but I gotcha. I know. I, I just I just hate Christians that try and explain every little detail and they don't leave room. Like I think they're just gonna be so embarrassed when we get to heaven and they're like, Oh, we're idiots. We spent yeah. our whole lives trying to explain things and we knew nothing. Yeah. I think it's interesting and it's something but wildly arrogant. I like mm. that. But true. <laughs> well, wow. And I hate oh, myself, no. but I think it might be true. I'm also wildly arrogant. <laughs> I'm putting a disclaimer that I'm keeping my... This was all devil's advocate. I never revealed my true opinion. Ha ha, Tom. Sucker. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I'm, I'm okay being completely wrong. No. I just love... Like, it's so great being wrong. This is, like, how I've lived my life is just, like, stumbling like an idiot, saying really dumb things, and then learning from it. You know, if if I don't say things, like, me and my brothers always, every time we get together, we just get into super awesome, epic debates that other people think are very heated and aggressive, but we love it and we love each other. But the, the reason of this is because we're all, we have such terrible thought processes and if we don't spit it out and reveal ourselves to be utterly flawed and utterly decrepit we're not going to grow and we're not going to learn and i just think it's so you know i don't know i I think sometimes we just have to be okay being wrong and uh and 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 learn from it (laughs) and hopefully by talking with other people we're going to learn from it he just described his iron brethren, everyone. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Tom's the first guest to get us. Decrepitly wrong. Mm-hmm. We're super arrogant. Mm-hmm. But it's like somehow good in the end. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that's the process defining truth, is just being wrong a lot and learning from it. <laughs> well, uh, Tom, since Tom just described the podcast... Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll park it there. Yeah. Let us, please let us know, uh, what you think. I think we said some things that will be very divisive. That was the goal of bringing Tom on. Yeah. <laughs> so, Those views, baby. <laughs> views. Uh, but please let us know what you think about music. Cause I, I personally am just fascinated with music. You can email us at desiring brethren podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at desiring brethren. Thanks Tom so much for being on. For helping me out, number Tanner. Yep. Tom, where can people find your music? I do have music on YouTube under like Tom McPherson or something, and then I have a SoundCloud page with a bunch of my old covers and stuff. Sweet. Sweet. Can we use your songs as intros and outros? Yeah. Do we have permission? <laughs> Say it into the mic. You you absolutely have my permission. Even Remember, if this blows up and we're making millions? He's a sellout. What's your cut? <laughs> what a, what cut are you demanding now? <laughs> I demand zero, zero cut. Oh, you can, you're going to come to regret that. <laughs> Just for this podcast. <laughs> Big money. <laughs> I think we have claimed all your music now. 
Yep. It's ours. No, no. Just, just, you know, fair use policy. <laughs> Don't worry. My music's not good yet. I still have like five more years. Oh, it's very good. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Tom, for being on. Yeah. That was uh, sweet, Tom. Thanks, thanks for having me. I'm David Short. I'm Tanner Hoffs. I'm Tom McPherson.